Greetings from His Nearness, America. We are an extension of the grace of revived nations in the nation of America. As many of you know, our spiritual father, Prophet Shaiju Matthew, received a vision and an audible call of God concerning the upcoming revival in the region of California. For the past few years, we have been calling people together and praying and seeking the face of God for this revival. And this last Sunday, we had the honor and privilege of having our prophet and minister the heartbeat and the voice of God in our midst. We had representation from seven different states from America. As hungry people gathered in expectation to hear, and when the man of God began to answer a question asked by a dear lady, as he began to unpack the answer, we all began to witness the revival fires of the Holy Spirit beginning to touch our bones and the vibrations of the Lord were released into our spirit. People of God, it is one thing to think we know something. It's another thing to witness it when you enter that dimension. When you see a mansion, you know it looks beautiful from the outside. But wait until somebody who is already living there opens the door and ushers you inside to actually witness the dimensions and the beauty that is thereof. Then you can surely say, wow, I have witnessed this dimension. It is in the same way, people of God. As we began to hear the voice of God, the voice of God began to pull us into this new dimension and we were being ushered into the very heart of God as we began to hear these words from our prophet. People of God, now I want you to prepare your hearts and your spirit because what you're about to hear is the answer the prophet of God brought on last Sunday's meeting. As you begin to hear this, I want you to know that we are being ushered into a new dimension of understanding about the God we have hardly known. So people of God, get ready and prepare yourselves. In a moment's time, you are about to encounter the revival fires which are about to touch your very bones. I would just like you to talk about anything related to the awe and fear of the Lord okay. and just the uh, importance, the impact, the preciousness of that. That is very interesting. May I ask why that interests you? Yeah, because I just um, became aware that I failed in really being in that position until mm -hmm. recently. And so um, I'm just hungry to know more about that and to be sure that my life is held in that place where I never forget to reverence. God, I think that sometimes I threw him in the back of my wagon and just pulled him along with mm. me. Usually I cry around midway in the service, but now you're making me cry already. I, I really like this question, and I believe that this is going to bless all of us. In, what is interesting is that in, in this morning, while I was meditating, um, the Lord had given me some information about that and additional information on the fear of the Lord. So it is no surprise that she's asking this question. And you, you have to, 
you have to hear her perspective people of god and you have to understand that this is also a reflection of the church in america you know i don't i don't um i don't like to become so super holy where you have no compassion for people i remember maybe maybe three decades ago to my two decades ago uh, very young in the lord very zealous for the lord there was this man of god that was doing certain things and i was very upset and i was very zealous for the lord and i was judging him and i heard the holy spirit tell me he said shaju if i remove my hand from you you will do worse than what he has done <laughs> that day i decided i will never jump on the bandwagon of the the church that seems to love judging people you know he's wrong he's not wearing the pant right his her skirt is too low you know she's not smiling right he's not standing right this is become the culture of the church they are so caught up with the appearance so does appearance matter you know so the the other extreme that you can go to is where you can say i don't care about appearance i just care about god but you have to understand the scripture itself says that god sees your heart and man sees your appearance meaning the only thing that the man can do is see your appearance <laughs> so unless you are going to live in a world where there is no humans you don't need to care about appearance and that is why in the scriptures it says flee from the appearance of evil very interestingly the versions have diluted the word appearance but if you go to the king james version you will see flee from the very appearance okay so not evil itself because most people around you will never see jesus the only jesus that they will see is you okay so i'm just building your context to her question i'm getting there so you don't want to be this jesus that is casting stones even before people have cast stones and that is why jesus so mercifully said those that are without sin let them first cast stones okay so for a long period of time american christianity looked very religious so then god brought a new generation of great jesus loving churches that i really love and appreciate that began to talk about grace 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 you know we must show grace we must show grace we must show grace it was very interesting in the beginning and slowly but surely that theology of grace started becoming a a slippery slope and i watched how very good pastors now had 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 gone down to that location where even now talking about hell itself they would begin to say that hell is is a metaphor and you 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 can only sit and watch and surprising what is happening a church that started so right but they stressed so much on one theology that now it started tilting the ship and the water starts coming in so that's why this question is so critical and i'm telling you i believe in the god who sent me to you today so there can be no accidental questions every question is going to be directed by the lord even without your knowledge so then we have to comprehend that any theology that that gives us so much freedom and 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 does not have clear boundaries that is not from the lord definitely not from the lord. i i i'll explain to you why simply because even in 
in the garden of eden you will see that there was a boundary there was one tree that they were not supposed to touch there was still a fence that adam and eve could be thrown out of and an angel with swords that would guard at that place saying you shall not enter so even in the garden of eden there was a boundary there was a limit so this is how i interpret it you cannot be a bird and say i need so much freedom i need all the liberty and now this bird that is free but now wants more freedom and no limits and now starts diving into the water what is then going to happen is that you're going to see this bird that had all the freedom now drown in the water because with all the freedom it still had its limits like a fish in the water saying why must i stay in this water i i need freedom i i need to you know have the freedom to go into the land if i need sure but this limit prescribed by your creator is not because you're hated it's because this is for your protection this is for your safety so that understanding is very critical in the body of christ children of god that when you talk about grace and the freedom it is not without limits it is not without boundaries yes those who are in christ you have freedom the liberty there is no condemnation yet you need to understand that verse probably because that is one of the verses that sometimes people um, use it too easily when you say in christ there is no condemnation so that verse can be used to say that you know so now that you're saved no matter what you do you can get away with it see that's the extreme explanation of it in christ there is no condemnation i i i want to be careful as i say this because i don't want to come off as discouraging or like how am i how am i ever going to live a life that is outside sin you see the difference is the sheep when it gets stuck in the miry clay that sheep is constantly crying out saying i want to get out of this dirt it's crying out to the shepherd man it's it, it starts crying out it until the shepherd locate the ship stuck in that miry clay and pulls it out now with all that dirt he carries the sheep on the shoulder and he takes him to a safe place but if you look at a pig now the pig enjoys the the mess if the pig enters into a dirt you will see it does not want to escape that dirt it stays in that dirt it it loves that dirt in fact you can carry that pig home give it a hot water bath you can you can perfume it you can even give him a diamond ring and then let him loose he's straight going to go back to that exact dirt where you where you pull him from no matter how expensive lipstick you put on him no matter how much how beautiful those earrings are that you have gifted him that pig still loves that dirt So that's the difference between a child of God that is in sin and is still in Christ therefore that child of God is constantly crying out lord get me out of it So in Christ there is no condemnation how do you how do you know that if you are in Christ not because you are perfect not because you are sinless but if you are in Christ your spirit keeps crying saying god i don't like this i don't want to be in this i don't want to be watching this stuff i don't want to be behaving this way the spirit of god that's how you know that you are in christ and because you are in christ there is no condemnation okay that's the difference now 
now that I have set up that foundation, let me help you understand the fear of God. Now, what I'm teaching you is going to help you accelerate your walk with God. That's the beauty about it. This is not going to be a hindrance. This is not going to be too far a reach. This is not going to be out of your hand. In fact, this is going to help you in your walk with God. Perspective is everything. So you're looking at a child of God that is trying to understand the grace theology of grace and, and love. Okay, And so, so you grew up in church and you grew up in the Sunday school and you keep hearing the word God is love, 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 except that in the minds of these children that is understanding God is love, he interprets God is love as the love that they have seen in their father and their mother. And most of them, they have defined love as when their papa remembered their birthday and bought them a gift. Okay? So many of us, a definition of love is through a human perspective. Or I would go to the extent of saying that the perspective of love that we have is through a broken lens of human touch, human exposure that we have come to our, our parents, our broken childhood. So now when you think of God, and when you think of God as love, you, you're always thinking as somebody like the, the Santa Claus that is always coming with gifts and many other distorted view of God as love. So that is why you somewhere start coming to a conclusion that there is no hell and, and such um, lies of the enemy. So if, if you really want to understand God is love. How do you explain God is love and imagine the fullness of who He is? I was praying about this and the Lord began to show me the love of God is pure. Okay? I want you to remember God is love and the love of God is purity. Purity, pureness is equal to holiness. God is love and we are seeing God, the love of God is pure and the purity of God meaning the perfection of God. The perfection is the holiness, the unadulterated version of who He is. Okay? So when, when we understand God, we have to understand this part of Him. That means that He cannot have sin in Him. There is no sin. He's perfect. He's holy. So we understand God is love. Meaning His compassion is endless. But even when His compassion is endless, He is still perfect. Holy. So the way His love comes to us is not by accept, ex, accepting our sin. Okay? The way His love comes to us is by creating a bridge for us to get away from that sin and to be able to come to Him. Okay? Now that bridge is Christ Jesus. One more time. God who is love is also holy. He's also perfect. The way He can remain holy and full of love is not by leaving His holiness and becoming and compromising and adjusting with our sin. The way He does that is that He allowed Jesus to die for us so that He becomes the bridge 
So anyone who believes in him, we can cross over to the place of holiness in him. Okay. Now that holiness comes upon us through the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Okay. Now let's leave that alone. Now let's move to Jesus. When Jesus came, we have access to the Father. Now that same Jesus, he stands there and said, wait a minute, I am leaving. In fact, me staying here with you is not for your advantage. Meaning if Jesus stayed, it would have been a disadvantage. So what does Jesus say? He said, I leave so I can send you a helper, a comforter. His name is Holy Spirit. Okay. And then he goes on to warn about this Holy Spirit. He said, but don't grieve him. Because the sin against the Holy Spirit is not forgiven. Okay. Okay. So now, this is where we it, it, it gets exciting. Because you're looking at the Father who loves us so much. He gives us Jesus. So that through Jesus, we can come to the Father. But Jesus also introduced the Holy Spirit. And he said, wait a minute. You can't mess with him. You can't take him for granted. You have to remember, you cannot grieve him. The sin against him is not forgivable. So he is not just saying that I forgive you, I love you. He's also saying through the Holy Spirit, I want you to now consecrate yourself every day. Every day, come to him. Every day, purify yourself with the blood of Jesus. Every day, go to him for grace, mercy, and favor. Now, this is a wholesome truth. Not just stopping with Jesus loves us, Jesus gives us grace, Jesus, Jesus is, is, is you know, we have, we have mercy in him, Jesus, Jesus, and, 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 and the new believer that is coming to the church is all excited. He's like, oh, Jesus, yeah, cool, that's cool. And then you don't introduce him to the Holy Spirit where that Holy Spirit is saying, well, I am not here so that you can remain in your sin. I'm here to pull you out of that sin. I am here. I will show you compassion. Through Christ, you have mercy. Through Christ, you have compassion. But I'm also here to let you know that you are now being prepared to be the bride of Christ. My goodness. And the bride of Christ cannot be foolish. The bride of Christ has to be wise. So do you see where the church needs balance? So Christ comes to us, gives us compassion, and then the Holy Spirit is now taking us and preparing us to look like the bride that Christ deserves. <laughs> to become that bride that Christ deserves. The Lord Jesus is not coming to marry a bride that is dating too many other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not coming to marry a bride that is dating this world. So in his compassion, in his mercy, the Holy Spirit is still purifying us. He's still calling us deeper. He's still calling us. In fact, could that be the reason why out of many places that you could be, the Lord made sure that you are listening to this voice today, tonight? Because he's still doing the same through this teaching, through this question from this dear sister. The Lord is saying, I, I don't want you to just see me. I want you to become like me. What is it to become like him? What is it to become like him? What is it to become like him? In him, there is no shadows. In him, there is no sin. In him, there is no darkness. He is the perfect judge. So, let me put it this way. The church today has understood and embraced the Father God 
God who is the Father. But that's just one side of him. The other side is that the same God that is the Father. But he is also your king. He is the king of kings. What stops us from experiencing the kingdom power is because we don't understand kingdom. Okay? So yes, your your father is he's somebody that loves you, but also the fact that your father is also a king. So in terms of access, you have the access because he is your father. But in terms of the how you come into his presence, you still need to remember he is the king. So that balance, we need to we need to bring it out. Because there are some things that God cannot give to you until you grow into that place of understanding who he is as a king. Okay? For example, let me try and break this down. Imagine if I was a king and I have a kingdom. All right? And I have a son and he's four years old. I'm five now. Imagine he is coming to me and he's saying, Dad, I would also like to reign. The father in me says, Yes, son, you will reign. I want you to reign. In fact, all what I have belongs to you. But also at the same time, I have to remember that I cannot give all of this to him because he is not ready for it. He is not yet grown to that place. He is not yet come to that place where he's matured. And he is he can govern the land. Now just because I am his father, if I'm going to grant this to him, I'm going to probably destroy him. So I cannot give it to him. Because yes, I am his father, but I am also a king. So as a king now, I have to send him to certain locations to train him in the matters of war, in the matters of economy, in the matters of ruling, in the matters of how he needs to deal with the subjects. All of this has to be now taught. Now imagine... This son that says, no, I don't want to do all of that. I don't want to be trained. I just give them, give me this kingdom. You got to understand. At that point, the king looks and says, he is my son, but I have to skip him. My justice requires that I have to skip him. He needs to understand that, yes, I am his father. But some things don't automatically go to him. He needs to be trained to that place. And that is why Apostle Paul talks about it. He says, as a son, when he is not matured, he is like a slave. He's equal to a slave is what he says. Because he's still not trained in the ways. There needs to be a training. So the, the training part of God is what we need to understand that will open up doors for us, that will open up things for us. The Father God of God has brought compassion to us, grace to us, blessings, His love to us. But when we begin to understand the the King He is, we will understand that, yes, He's my daddy, but also He is the King. And therefore, I cannot go empty-handed into his presence. You see? Because if you just know the father side of God, you're going to say, ah, I don't care about it. He's just going to understand. No, 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 no. But he's also the king. And that is why he wrote down his laws. He wanted you to know them. And he wrote down in the the book of Deuteronomy, he said, no man shall come to my presence empty-handed. That's not a statement from a father. It's a statement of a king. (laughs) 
He is not afraid to explain that I have certain expectations from my people. That is why God was not ashamed to say, "Hey, ten percent, bring them to my house, put it apart." He has an expectation about the money that he has blessed you with. That's the king side of God. So the church today, we know the father side of God. but do we know the expectations of the king see knowing both sides of god yes he is the creator and he is the judge this is what permits god the god that created this heaven and earth one day the bible says this earth shall pass away fade like a flower Yes. How can that be done? How can this earth be fully destroyed? One day this entire earth will be destroyed. How is that possible? Because he is the creator and the judge. He's able to look and say, "This is what I had created the earth for." And the earth has not living up to that expectation. The first time he judged it with water and then he set the rainbows and said never again will i destroy the earth with water again he said now the next time when he judges the same earth that he created he will judge with fire so how can how can how can the god who created destroy something with fire because he's a perfect judge so so we know the creator side of god but we ignore the judge he is so he is constantly judging everything in the kingdom he is weighing it <sighs> you know let me let me conclude with this because this is a beautiful question people of god the lord jesus speaking he said many in the end, discussing about the end times is that many their faith will grow cold that's a very painful statement many that means when you hear many we know that is majority right many some is minority few is is as a few people but jesus is saying many their faith will grow cold this should trouble us because something has happened to their foundation about the god they know that has caused that jesus is now prophetically saying this is this is not you know let's let's there are chances for it to escape no 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 the, none of the prophecies of jesus has ever missed that means that it is sure that the the closer we are to the end times that the majority of christians will stop being christians think about that shouldn't that make us a little worried many will deny the lord many will walk away from this faith many how could that possibly be because somewhere people of god their foundation and their knowledge about the lord was weak somewhere they took this jesus for granted they kept having this thing about oh jesus is love jesus is love and and the smallest virus that came on them they doubted his love the smallest troubles that came they were ready to deny him <laughs> ah i'll tell you the fear of god is what is going to keep our faith that we do not reject him it is the fear of god the reverence of who he is that when persecution comes is coming it's not far that because we fear god we will stay faithful we will not be moved we will stay rooted but those that only know the one side of God the smallest trials scar 
we will be too quick to deny him. And I pray that you will not be one among them. That the fear of God, that, yes, my Father, we come to your presence. And at the same time, you're looking at how you are in this presence. These kind of theologies are what cause people to say, ah, I'm going to church in my my Bermuda. I don't care about my pajamas. Or, you know, I, 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 God is my father. He just, you know, I haven't bathed in a week. I'm just going to work. Hey, <laughs> he's also your king. I'm sorry if you're one of those people, but <laughs> hopefully... You, you, you will see differently after today. There is that the verse in the Bible, in your New Testament that says, Come close to me, purifying your heart and, and washing yourself with pure water. <laughs> that is in your New Testament. So the Lord, even in the New Testament, because some of us, we have this habit of saying, Ah, that's Old Testament, that's Old Testament. Wait a minute. The God of the Old Testament didn't change in the New Testament. And that's another reason why we lack the fear of God because the Old Testament God was like a little scary. Oh, he expects a lot. New Testament, ah, the grace. But it's in the New Testament. Now, when you come to the God, if you don't believe me, Prophet Satan can share all these verses that I've been quoting. It says, wash yourself with pure water. This is important for us to understand. We've moved... Ah... Prophet, we have that scripture here. It is Hebrews 10.22. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our wow. heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and okay. our bodies washed and our bodies washed with pure water. Eh. So you just can't come into the presence of God anyway. <laughs> You can't just walk into a service anyway. You see, sometimes you be wondering, God, why are you not answering my prayer? Because you're not you're not coming to him as as you would come to a king. Because when you come to a king, there is requirements. And that fear and trembling. You know, some people say, He's my father, I'm going to, I'm going to demand, I'm going to whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You cannot scare God into answering your prayer. This is something you need to understand. When God put principles in the Old Testament, it's the same God in the New Testament. He does not change. It's the same God. His principles remain the same. So if you look at this God who's saying that, okay, you're coming to serve me, but I need you to wear this kind of a dress. I need this dress to be with this linen, this, this kind of a material, this kind of a stone, this detail, this kind of a stitching. This person must be the one who has to stitch it. Hey, what makes church think that come New Testament, this God has amnesia or saying, guys, guys, forget about that. The Old Testament was, was, you know, just it didn't work. So, so you know, that's why he said, I did not come, come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. It means that even in the New Testament, when Christ is on earth, he is still functioning in the same principle. So, no, he doesn't have all those 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 tones that the Old Testament priest wore. But the the kind of material that Jesus wore, the the robe, the tunic that he wore, was precious to the point where the Roman soldiers they divided the robe among themselves. They wouldn't have done that if it was a simple material. It was stitched from one stitch, exactly how the principles that was given in the Old Testament. He was still using that in the New Testament. You see, many, many principles you can see over and over again. All of Old Testament was about sacrifices. New Testament, Jesus said, I'm going to be the best sacrifice. Meaning, he's not going to give 10% anymore. He's going to give 100%. Okay? You see, 
if only am I, am I, am I giving you too much should I stop <laughs> should I, are you are you are you guys with me you've asked me two good a question sister i'm going to go all night with this <laughs> so if only you, you this okay i'm going to say something please please don't please don't be upset with me okay but but if only we realize that he does not have to answer prayers we'll be careful with the prayers if only we have that fear of god that not all offerings are accepted by god we would be careful what offering we bring to him but that is the part where satan has managed to cause people to 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 just take god for granted in the church today may we are now careful we can go anyway we talk anyway we sing anyway we worship anyway and then we, you, you just expect you just expect that god is going to accept it it doesn't have to that's what makes him god what makes him god is the fact that he can he can reject your offering and still be god that means we would not go to church and worship anyway that means we cannot go to church and clap hands anyway because that clap offering he can accept or reject i should stop i should stop is it's some of you are seeing me for the first time and i shouldn't scare you too much on day one <laughs> but i hope that this that is not scary this is good <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I hope that this will kindle your love and respect of the Lord because I'm telling you I have experienced this Lord and I have done too many boobos. I didn't arrive into all this understanding overnight. I've had decades of not knowing this God. Decades of I I started preaching when I was 7 years old. So when I tell you decades I mean it. I've started traveling to serve the Lord when I was 11 years old. I started writing my first book when I was 14 years old. So you 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 can so you can understand the amount of exposure I've had to this God that that we're talking about. And then I waited, I experienced the God that my mother taught me i experienced the god that my assemblies of god church taught me i experienced the god um, and i i had my times of rebellion i had my times of being a teenager i've had i've gone through all of it and i said if i'm going to believe something what is it and then comes the exposure of all these cute gospels that are exposed to us and the comfort that it brings that i don't need to really let go of everything in my life i can hold on to something and and i'm still loved by god and then i ask myself is that what i want no i want this god in in his fullness i want this i want i don't know about you people of god i i want all of god I don't want to walk with God in heaven. I want to walk with God on earth. And for that, we need to understand all the sides of God. That is what will give us strength to walk away from the sin that is so pleasurable. That is so tempting. that is what will give us the strength to get back up from where we fell the secret of the standing man is not that he never fell but he learned to get back up from where he fell so if you see somebody standing it is not that they never fell it is that they learned to fear god is learned say I, i remember catherine kulman it is said that she performed so many miracle signs and wonders through the lord of course 
more than all the 12 apostles that were recorded okay more number of recorded signs and wonders was done through the hands of captain kulman than all the 12 apostles that were recorded now isn't that some testimony <laughs> imagine that now this woman in the heights of her ministry she fell into sin she fell in love with a, a married man and here was she was ready to run away with this guy and then the holy spirit began to wrestle with her heart thank god the holy spirit won one day she stood at a dead end road and she said bye to that man that man that she had really loved she said i have to let her go she said i've died i know i'm paraphrasing her statement she said i know the place and the time that i died it was a dead end road and it just had a sign that said dead end she stood there threw her suitcase on the floor and she wept and she surrendered her life to the lord she got i choose you that's fear of god fear of god is knowing that yeah he understands yeah he forgives but i'm not looking for his forgiveness i'm looking for his favor I'm not looking for an access into his heaven. I'm looking for access into his heart. That's fear of God. That's what we need. That is first love. So the Lord was not interested in them loving him he was interested in the fact that their first love was missing the lord is not impressed with the church coming to church and waving flags and dancing cute ah, 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 ah. hey <laughs> okay please our god is not such a simpleton that that is going to be moved by a group that will make some noise and with dancing lights and then you do whatever you want and he's okay and you come back and repeat that every week no no he is looking for all of our heart he's not looking for four loaves he's looking for the fifth one that you don't want to give up that's why Jesus looked at Peter. He said, "Peter, do you love me?" You see, if Jesus would have stopped there, we would have all been excused. But no. Jesus continued. He said, "Peter, do you love me more than these?" Pointing to his other disciples around him. asking do you love me more than this so it wasn't enough that peter loved him he said what i want is that you love me more than all of these guys that means you have to outdo your holiness you have to outdo your consecration you have to outdo your giving your your worship you cannot be like everybody else their standard cannot be your standard ah. then the lord will give you his nearness i pray that you will keep this word close to your heart i pray that you would pursue 
what God wants from us is that we become fire purity in fire nothing adulterated can stand so what God wants from us is that you're purified and you become like fire he wants his ministers as flames this is God's heart this is what God wants for you people of God after hearing a word like this we cannot go back to our old understanding before i say anything else i need to say that ever since we received this word we have been feeling the fire of god in our bones the bible says that the lord will baptize us with the holy spirit and with fire as the prophet of god was ministering he said he makes his ministers as fire people of god with this understanding with this revelation information imparted to our spirit we cannot go back this is our movement with god from here we need to go to the place where god has already ushered and invited us into as we begin to go into that place that word which our father spoke is going to be the revival in our spirit and setting us up for the baptism of the holy spirit and with fire he makes us his ministers flame of fire people of god as you begin to worship now may the lord god encounter each one of you as our spiritual father says his nearness is our greatness we need the nearness of god in the hour that we are living 